Tech giants like Google and Apple have long been high on augmented reality, even if consumers have been lukewarm about it. But Apple's got a secret weapon with AR, and it's already in the latest iPhones. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Scott Stein, our guru on virtual and augmented reality, and, and reality reality, too. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thank you. So uh, augmented reality or AR has been something that tech companies have been trying to make a thing for years. And, you know, we had the best example that we still point to, which is several years old now, is Pokemon Go, which really drew people into this world, at least for this kind of gimmicky game. Uh, Where are we? It's been a couple of years since then. I know there's some folks who still play it, uh, but not as many as, as during the peak. What is the state of AR right now? Uh, transitional, you know, I feel like what we're looking at, uh, we, you know, we had these th- headsets like Magic Leap and HoloLens that we're talking about how that's all going to be coming, uh, soon and it's not. And those expensive multi-thousand dollar headsets w- ended up being slotted into business use and you, you never see them in the real world. The things you see are VR things, but even those are pretty rare and are kind of like a special treat that people get themselves. So, but AR on phones has just been continuing to evolve, and Apple has been doing this all along. Google has AR tools uh, that are baked in. And I think what we're seeing now with, with AR is a move to more practical things. Uh, in, the, in the past, it, I got to talk to, to Apple, uh, Mike Rockwell, um, Alexandra McGinnis, and they're saying that you know the first goal was to just get you to get it to exist in the world in 2017. So that was your whole like Pokemon dinosaurs, things that you, you know, oh, this magically appears and it's cool. But their latest focus, similar to Google, is to do something productive. And whether that's helpful information or creative stuff, it's like two different pads. So like on the, the LiDAR side, Apple's made a big deal of the LiDAR sensors on the iPhone 12 Pro and the iPad Pro. Those are opening up into basically creative augmented reality. Yeah, let's let's slow down for a second there. Let's talk about LiDAR because LiDAR really is the, I mean, you sort of refer to it as, you know, one of the secret weapons that Apple has uh, to make AR a thing. But just for listeners who don't know what LiDAR is, could you sort of break it down for us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the stuff like this has been around for a bunch of years. If you've been following tech, uh, Google Tango, if you're, if you're a, a tech nerd, you follow this stuff. Uh, years ago, had the same idea where you would scan the world. It's it's shooting out little infrared, you know, uh, dot dot array like uh, like like the Face ID camera um, or the Microsoft Connect. But that, that technology way back on the Connect was shrunken down, and you know, one of the makers that was incorporated by Apple was a, a bought by Apple. Um, so what it's doing is sending out this like these little pings, these little light pings that are measuring the space, and you get like a dot matrixy measurement of the space really fast. And that meshes, meshes is the term for, creates a, a, a basic map of that space. And instead of just saying, oh, I recognize a floor, it's like throwing a blanket on the world where it's like, oh, I see where the chair comes up. I see where the walls are. I see where everything, you know, and then that combines with things like computer vision, which is like recognizing stuff like people, you know, where the camera, like Google does this too, where it's like, that's a person, that's a dog, that's, so it's a combination of those two things. That's what LiDAR is helping do is mapping about five meters away from you. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen this in practical uh, cases where with the IKEA app, right, where you can use your phone to scan the living room and the LiDAR sensor kind of recognizes, oh, this is a couch, this is the floor, this is your TV, and it'll know to kind of smartly put your, you know, whatever the IKEA 
you can't pronounce the names anyways, the whatever the cabinets, and it'll actually know that the cabinet will will slot in there in between your your TV and your couch. Uh, How I mean the. Like you said, Lighter's been around for a while. It's just coming into these phones or the iPhone 12 lineup now, but we've had AR for a while. So I'm just curious how, like, what does LiDAR do now that like these phones couldn't do before? Yeah. So that's where, like, when I was mentioning the secret weapon in the story, it's kind of double, it's a double-edged meeting. One is that it's LiDAR, but I think Apple's real secret weapon is scale. So when I talk to developers, it's like, you go, oh, there's already been out here. What's the deal? Well, it's kind of like, when you see a technology and you go, well, it didn't feel like it got there until it got there. Like, I feel like what Apple's doing is the same idea, but refined and pushed into a lot more devices. So the iPhone 12 Pro and the iPad Pro have a much bigger footprint than Google Tango was on just two very fringy phones. And but but what app what Google did, and the other thing to track here, you're right. Like what it really does for AR is it makes things like speedier and better. Like it, it gets a ping on stuff faster, but it's simultaneously happening with computer vision, getting better at doing the same thing without that. So like Google's been doing this with just cameras or VR headsets do this with four cameras and like they can approximate a lot of that really fast. So it's a dance between that and the more advanced sensors that's a get under the hood. But like, I think what it just means is faster and better at recognizing the world. But the second part that I think is interesting is this whole like 3D scanning movement that has been around for a while, but is about creating 3D objects uh, that you can then share with other people. But that's getting more of a groundswell and is becoming less fringy and nerdy (laughs) with every passing year. Interestingly enough, I mean, we're talking about this on phones. There's constant rumors that Apple is going to release a headset at some point. Um, do you think the future of AR lies in glasses or in our phones? I think it'll be both. And I think what, what you know, talking with Adobe briefly about like their, their, their head of AR about what they're doing is they have AR creative tools. It's a very interesting observation they made where they, which is what I've been thinking for a while is that it's very hard to enter the AR VR space until it works with the stuff you already got, all your apps. Like an Oculus Quest is a game console. It doesn't interact with like your phone apps. And so, you know, you want to open like Zoom or you want to open a document. It's a pain. You have to have hook-ins. So Google and Apple, like Google did this with Daydream kind of, but Google and Apple need to approach having devices work with the phones. And Qualcomm has already laid this groundwork out the Qualcomm makes the chips in like all the AR VR headsets right now. Apple could be the other big competitor in that space. But what they've been talking about is plugging fo- uh, phones in headsets um, with USB-C or wirelessly. There are already a few emerging. And I think that's what provides the power, but also like you say, the app compatibility. So I guess like what you, the reason I say yes and is like, so your app on your phone could do a lot of it. And then you plug in your headset like headphones for your eyes and, and you're doing the rest of it. I think that extends it. And then you think about Apple, that makes a lot of sense because like the Apple Watch, it becomes another peripheral. Yeah, that, that makes sense in the sense like you're, you're relying on your iPhone is really the brains and the muscle powering the experiences. But ultimately, you view it on your headset or your watch or whatever that doesn't require the heavy lifting isn't required. So you don't necessarily want a processor heating up right by your, your temple. Exactly. And that gets you to things like 5G, because like talking to developers about 5G on headsets, it's very slow to get here for that exact reason. Like Qualcomm has 
has the roadmap for 5G headsets, but it adds a lot of battery drain. You got to build more of a thing on your head. Um, no one's really done it yet, but like your 5G phone powers that and gets to all the 5G AR in the cloud stuff that like Microsoft, Google, Apple, like everyone's going for that. So I think it makes a lot of sense that that would be the path. And then like Apple's processors, like we're seeing it with the MacBook and the M1, like they just keep getting more crazy powerful and you kind of say for what, but like AR is a very intense set of processes. And so like, that's the stuff that those, those processors could drive a lot of that. And then you, again, you're not sticking it on your head. Otherwise, I don't know how Apple makes something that's like sleek on your face. It'd be hard if you had to put all the stuff in there. You talk about AR as a creative tool. Can you elaborate on this idea? What, what exactly can, are you envisioning with AR? So like when I downloaded the first set of like LiDAR enabled apps, it really surprised me going back to the iPad Pro in the spring. Like the first bunch of AR apps, again, were like, you know, Pokemon Go, dinosaur, you know, dinosaur, play a game. A lot of these are 3D scanners and they, they're pretty alienating at first because you're like, you, you bring it up and suddenly you wave it around and you're creating this mesh of your room and then you get this like crazy kind of dollhouse 3D model. And if you've never done it before, you might wonder where to start, how you create this. Some of them look kind of broken in an interesting way. I spoke to like one of the bigger repositories of 3D objects was talking about it, like um, at Sketchfab saying like it takes some finessing to get there. So like, but I see these things and that's the stuff that's happening now with LiDAR. It's not, there are some like, oh, the games run better. You can have like a remote control car now go under your table and like the table blocks it right. And it can like hit a wall or like a, it could hit like a box. Like it recognizes all the things in your world, which is what like AR headsets are, are going to start doing. But I think it's the creative part that's interesting, whether it's like really scanning and creating tools. And then both Adobe and Apple have AR creative toolkits with Reality Composer and Arrow, where they're trying to get people to do this too. So that's what I mean by that. But it's so interesting to me when I look at the iPhone, how little of that is at the forefront of what you see on a daily basis. <laughs> like you would never be aware of it. And that's the hard part to get on board. Like Apple's camera doesn't have 3D scanning. It just, but it uses LiDAR for focus, like in the background. So it, Apple definitely hasn't like made it a, a main part of iOS yet, but it's in the background of it. And what are some of the accessibility implications? You brought that up in your story as well. Yeah, this is fascinating because like the same thing you're solving for with AR is the stuff that could help people because augmented reality, like for a while, I've been thinking about some books I've been reading. Everyone talks about like that it's um, superpowers for your senses. And it's it, rather than like a virtual world, it's really it's literally augmenting your sensory stuff, whether it's hearing or vision or or touch. Technically, that's what augmented reality means. So like hearing, there's a lot of companies like Facebook's looking at this with with um, smart hearing um, assistive tech for their future AR things. Apple's doing it to some degree already with AirPods um, in various ways. Uh, so there's a lot of audio stuff out there. Visually, Apple just updated in iOS 14.2, where you can like hold with the, uh, the magnifier app in accessibility, you can tell the distance from someone and it recognizes people. So it's using the same AR tech with LiDAR 
But um, again, uh, Mike Rockwell, like Rockwell and McGinnis were talking about how that's just the beginning, you know, that the sensory idea of your environment, once you solve for that with a headset, all that information can be something that you could assist someone with low vision. Um, it could it could enhance contrast or it could recognize objects or it could, who knows what else. That company Mojo Lens and making the contact lenses that are AR in a way, those aren't here yet. But the first thing that company is going for is, is visual assistance for people with macular degeneration. And I feel like with Apple, you could see them taking a similar path with um, health benefits, you know, or, or, or vision benefits for something like glasses, similarly to how they do with the watch. Yeah, I've got family members with macular degeneration. We've talked about this in the past, and that that's technology that that's really exciting to me. I did want to talk a little bit about Facebook. You brought it up a couple of times. They're obviously very interested in AR and VR as well. They've increasingly uh, worked to own both the hardware and software experiences like you see with Oculus and, and, and VR. And also you imagine that that would be the similar case with AR, but this was a question from one of my listeners, but do you trust that this company to, I guess, offer these full experiences and full end-to-end -end experiences given its track record on privacy and, and how it uses its users' information? It's a very uneasy landscape. It really is. Like, I feel unsettled by it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I use Facebook, even though I don't like what, what Facebook is up to on, on a lot of levels with, with, you know, their data and, 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 and some other stuff. But I still use it. I love what the Oculus Quest does. Like, it's un, it, there is nothing else that does it. But then you also have to weigh out this other stuff, these questions of like, and, and they keep going in that direction. There's also stuff like, so I haven't written about this yet, but Oculus just updated its software. There's a fitness tracker now on the Oculus Quest. That's so really fascinating. There's so a universal tracker that can look at your activity and motion. Super cool. But then again, you wonder like, is that just like information that Facebook will have about like my, you know, are they going to have my fitness data? And there aren't clear lines. I think that's something that, Facebook is going to be running right up against with the more they push into the space. They're heading right into the personal informational flow whirlwind that like, unless they make that stuff clear, it's going to be really, really awkward for people. I think that's simultaneously when Google and Apple are going to emerge with their stuff. So then like Facebook has to decide, I would think the destiny for Facebook would be to just have it work kind of like Fitbit or, or, I know these analogies are good, but like we have a lot of smartwatches that have their own ecosystems, you know, like a, like a Fitbit, a, a Garmin or whatever else. And then they work with your phone. That, that, that's like what Facebook needs to just be is an app connected device, but just be friendly to other things hooking into it. Right now it's getting more closed off and that's going to be a, a really weird turf war with all the other players in the landscape. Like they're ahead on VR, but I don't know if they're going to be ahead on AR or, you know, there are just a lot of different players. So that's my thought on it right now. I still recommend the Oculus Quest 2. Like, and I think it is a fantastic little console. You just have to know about, like, do you want to live your whole life in there? Ultimately, especially when we go back to AR, what does its future look like to you? Is there, and do you see a killer app coming along, like another 
I hate to use that example again, another Pokemon Go that comes along that actually makes AR uh, relatable to mainstream customers. Like Apple had an interesting way of putting this and I'll preface it because like Rockwell had mentioned that the goal it almost sounds like the Apple Watch. So the goal is to keep being being glanceable almost like like, you know, five or six interactions, little little things that would be, be be instant and you get them when you need them when when you encounter something. So it's more of a flow and it sounds less app-based. And I so in the, that being kind of the killer app and being like this invisible layer. I don't know. Like for me, I think it would be helpful whenever it's like an extended tool of like what the phone could do, like a tricorder. So I think of it like, you know, we get to this point, like, can you quickly measure a space? Can I like, oh, can you just also I think about communication now, like my dream thing. I hate zooms on on screens. So like if I could just like sit down and chat with somebody, that'd be cool. Like it would be it, not just futuristic, but it would be relaxing. You know, if I could just like quickly pop in, have a chat, and then we could leave. And it's not like it's your Marvel hologram fantasy, but like, um, I think those would be super killer apps. I think it's really hard to think about individual games because the problem is they all feel like novelties and you go, oh, this is really cool for a while, but like, and then you're like, I need a break. And then you never get back to it. So I think it has to be something that's like, you're always going to use. I think it's super tough. Like I think about AR, it's so hard to pinpoint because I don't even think it's a thing. It's like a, it's like a layer as everyone says. So it's, um, it's more of just an evolution of what we mean by like living on our phones. And um, yeah, so I think, and also I think the killer app is extending your senses. Like um, if people could, could hear things better or see things better and it really worked, that sounds like something you'd want to use a lot. Yeah, definitely. That, that's truly life-changing technology. Scott, thank you for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send me a text message by signing up at 646-461-4291. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.